we were just catching up from this past weekend and this thought came into my mind one of my uh, mentors that I think about his name is Eben Britton he's a former NFL player I played used to play football myself and he became a yogi after his career and he says that nobody everybody every single person who starts doing yoga steps on the mat as a broken person whether that mm. be physically spiritually or mentally and I think there's a parallel with that and also the cold nobody starts doing it uh, for fun and I believe that you're looking deeper into something if you find yourself in the cold river or the cold tub or the cold shower and I'd like you to give your story of how you came about um, to find the cold and what that journey has been like but let's start where it all started okay Luke so I um, I appreciate the question and yes I agree with you that um, in my experience so far I've seen a lot of people come to this this method broken for sure and for me I was you know I had um, a few years back in 2012 I went through a divorce finally and I um, you know was struggling to um, you know, I was graduating college. I had two kids. I was leaving my husband, looking for a job, finishing college. And all at the same time, like my dad got diagnosed with cancer and I had to do so much. I couldn't really feel those emotions at that time. My body went into this fight or flight yeah. to just do and cope and take care of my children. And so it was very difficult, you know, but my body knew what to do. My mind had to just do things. And then it was about a year later after that, the next year is when, um, you know, things were in place, but then that's when things kind of fell apart. Like I started actually going to some yoga and learning more about my coming back to my true self again, after being in a divorce, which after being in a marriage that didn't really support me as who I was you know, my authentic human self. So um, I, um, you know, going to yoga started to open up and bring me back to that. And, and then that point is when all of those emotions came out again. It was like I was a safe to kind of process that stuff. Yeah. And um, it was really difficult to process it and for it to come out. And I ended up kind of like, you know, sometimes spiritual awakenings come, they're called like, breaking open spiritual broken you know you break open and it's really scary at times and you cry a lot and you get depressed but you have to kind of break your a part of you open to get deeper and that's what happened to me it was like I had this one of these spiritual kind of awakenings that brought me deeper into myself but it was really difficult because I also went through a really deep depression because I didn't feel a lot of support I was in a new territory in my life life new people new situations and you know I always had my family for support but it was just me and my kids now and I really struggled when my daughter would go to her dad's on Sundays I'd never had my kids leave me like that before and um so I remember just being you know northeast Ohio we have these long winters and um I remember just being so depressed I'd be staring out at Lake Erie I lived in this little town called Fairport Harbor and I'd be staring out to the frozen lake mm -hmm. and um, just seeing imagining myself walking out there till I just disappear you know and die that's how I felt like even like my kids couldn't kick me out of this depression it was really bad mm -hmm. but something in me at that point um, knew enough about like I was trying to learn more about this spiritual part of me now and working with this higher power and working with this stuff you know and these chakras and this energy through my body and what all this meant that I was learning through yoga and I started to get into this into Reiki practice which I had I had done a little bit earlier in my life in my 20s and I kind of came back like I was saying I came back to myself again after my divorce mm -hmm. my authentic self I believe and um so I was kind of understanding about how energy works in the body. And when you're depressed, you're just, your energy, your core thriving for life is dwindling down. You don't have that. You feel like you have no energy. You feel just, what's the point? What's the use of anything? I have no passion. I have no drive. That's exactly how I felt. And um, 
So something inside me said, I need this spark inside my gut, my core, core chakra, this like energy, this fight, this fire, you know, light a fire under you to like get motivated. I need this fire to be relit in me again yeah. because I think that was really blown out with all the like blows that came at, you know, my divorce, losing my house, you know, losing my dog, all this stuff, you know, losing my father who was very, very important in my life. Like I have this tattoo to remember him on me, um, which we can, you know, talk about later or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd like to share that some about my dad because he's a really important part of my life. And, um, so all of that, you know, was, you know, took away this, this drive from me. And I, um, but I knew that somehow I needed to get that fire back in me. And, um, you know, part of the Wim Hof method is called inner fire. And so I, being like an artist, I would witness like how my body was outside and just observe. I observed a lot around me. And um, I remember like thinking about how and watching kids play and being outside and how just naturally our bodies start to jump around and move and our breath changes and we start to, you know, move our body and our breathing is like, (laughs) you know, this kind of stuff. So then I was like, okay, I need this external force which is cold to kick up the internal heat in my body. Somehow this clicked in me and I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to find cold to make the inside furnace kick in, which causes heat in my body and which will cause me to want to like live again and thrive again and go out there and, and do new things again, you know, want to be a part of the world again. And, um, so I had met some people at the yoga room or at the yoga studio that had done cold conditioning. This guy would come and he would, would wear shoes in the wintertime and he was just like, <laughs> was talking about like this different types of Buddhism where people do cold stuff like Tumo Buddhism where they um, put like a cold rag or a ice rag or something on their head and they have to just try to like melt it with their body heat. So he would talk about that stuff and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So I wanted to seek out these people that are doing this stuff. So I looked on Facebook and I found some people who are doing this and I messaged them and I said, hey, you know, I really think that I need to do this practice, you know, of jumping in the river, being in the cold in the wintertime for my life. You know, I'm like, do I need to take weeks and weeks of cold showers to prepare for this? And the guy was like, pretty much if you're healthy, you just can jump in the river with us. You know, we're doing this, you know, next weekend or it was the next day, something like that. And he told me where they were meeting. And it was this place that I go to all the time in the summertime. That is like my connection. It's the Chagrin River and North Chagrin Metro Park. So I'm really connected there. That's where I always find my peace. That's where I go in any times of distress in my life as I go to nature and especially that place. I've been going there for over 20 years since I was a teenager that I moved to Willoughby. So um, I was like, this is just, you know, my higher power. I'm getting these breadcrumbs, I call them, these little pieces to get back to health and wellness and like happiness in my life. You know, my higher power is guiding me with, through these little signs like, yeah, you know that place. This is safe. This is where you need to go. It's the same place. So I went there the next day and... I had no cold experience. I didn't know anything about this. The best advice he told me, he said that when you go in the water, and I watched everyone do this, you know, this go in first before me. And and I also had been doing these sweat lodges ahead of time, like not ahead of time before this, but years before that, I every Sunday I would do the hot, I would do a sweat lodge. Yeah. And so I kind of knew, knew my body also, that like my body could handle extreme temperatures. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't that afraid of the cold at that point. So... But I did go to the cold searching, you know, to be relieved from pain and depression. And I, um, he said, you know, what happens is when you go into that cold water, your body's going to have a natural reflex to gasp. Like, <gasps> it's just something that happens to, to you. And when that happens, you're going to have to just gain control of your breath and calm yourself down and you'll be okay. And so... That's what I did. I went to the river. I watched everyone do this. And then I went, it was my turn. And I went in and that happened to me. And I coughed and I choked. And then I put my hands on my face. And I just came to this place. It was just so beautiful 
where I just felt so much peace and so much contentment. And plus it being in nature where I love and I feel connected. I just like in that moment, I was like, this is what I need. I found it, you know, so it was just there was nothing in my brain anymore about the depression, about bills, about work, all that stuff that, you know, we worry about all the, all day in our brain. That was just gone. You know, I was just in this moment of just peace, you know, no chaos around me. And so I went back. They met every week, every Sunday, and they still do. And so I went back there every Sunday and that also helped me build community which helped me support me like every Sunday I would go and I'd go to the river I would kind of be cleansing for me my mind body and spirit and then we would meet for like soup or something that like that or afterwards you know to warm up so we would chat so I made some new friends and something to kind of fill the time and to get through those difficult times in my life so that's really what led me in my experience to the cold, how I started. Wow. Yeah. That's such a powerful yeah. story. And I'm so intrigued by your mindset to, you know, when something goes wrong in your life, not turning to um, bad habits or bad tendencies. I think it's easy to look for the short term fix, the short term dopamine rush that you need in those certain times. And rather looking to your core, like you said, the inner fire that you knew was missing, which was the core issue of your depression and being able to, you know, look for something external that would eventually lead to the internal change, which is what you really needed rather than, um, you know, an antidepression medication or something like that. And I'm so fascinated with your story. I can't wait to dissect more of your mindset and, and where this comes from. So you're a Wim Hof uh, instructor, mm -hmm. certified instructor. Mm -hmm. You've been trained by him personally. Um, you just came back from Poland, is yep. that correct? Yep, I just came back from Poland. Yeah, mm -hmm. so Kamalika just came back from Poland. I was lucky enough to uh, do one of her advanced workshops a couple weeks ago. I had done her beginner's workshop where she takes you through the Wim Hof method. Um, if you haven't heard of it yet, it is, um, I would look up a 10-minute YouTube video on it, or if you're in the Cleveland area, Kamalika is uh, running classes, and we'll give the information at the end. But also, if you just want to test it out, there's a 10-minute YouTube video, and he also has an app that is uh, super powerful, and you can learn the method through that. But she is a master uh, in the Wim Hof method. She's been training with him and different trainers uh across the globe really and it's it's been super cool for her to bring back that information and be able to relay it to groups of people um, around us so I'd like you to get into your experience in Poland I guess the first time maybe um, maybe take us through the first time and what made you want to go and become uh, a Wim Hof instructor okay so I um my training was actually all done in the U.S., so this, okay. just this last time going to Poland was my first time going to Poland. Okay. A lot of people do their training in Poland, and originally I, I thought that I was going to do that too, but then when I messaged the academy about it, they said that they suggested us in the U.S. do it in the U.S. because you would meet other people, other teachers here, and connect better there in that on that level, so... So they were bringing it to the U.S. then in person. I don't think that they are now, but, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure because I'm kind of out yeah. of that part. But, but yeah, so this was the first time in Poland for me. But so my training started in the U.S. And so my story kind of picks up from there was like, so, yeah, I'm jumping in the river every week, you know, doing cold conditioning, but I'm still not doing Wim Hof method. Okay. You know, I'm just doing the cold part. And then... um you know, a few years later, I got diagnosed with the brain cancer. And then someone in the group showed me the YouTube video of Wim in Amsterdam. And what year were you diagnosed? That was in 2014. Okay. So I, I started the cold conditioning in 2013. Was still doing all this through my cancer, you know, jumping in the river after, you know, recovering from brain surgery. And um, chemotherapy, it helped me. That whole support continued to help me through that, too. So, um, 
so yeah, it was like during that time of um, chemotherapy and recovering, um, someone introduced me to the Wim Hof method. They sent me the video and then taught me the breathing. And so at that point, I still didn't pick it up completely. I was like, oh, it's it's nice. I feel good, you know, but it was like, you know, you have to kind of do it as a daily practice. And I really didn't have the motivation at that point yet. Mm-hmm. And so then I... Um, then after about a year later, we, as a group of us that kept doing the cold conditioning, we ended up um, buying the video course off of the website, the Wim Hof website, and we all would take turns going, like, after the plunges, after we would go in the river, we'd go to someone's house and we would watch the videos together yeah. and do the exercises. So I started to really learn the Wim Hof method. And then I knew about the um, instructor's course, so I started just shoving money away to get my training because I kind of had this as now, you know, things changed a lot in my life and where my career was and having cancer. It was like I needed something different in my life, you know, for work. And so I really thought that this is what I wanted to do. And then I went to a workshop that was done by Wim Hof in New York City, and that just blew my mind. It was just like... He was just amazing to see him in person and his <laughs> attitude and his lively and being so alive and all of that was just ecstatic and just, you know, so compelling that and I saw all these teachers with these like Wim Hof instructor shirts on and it made me so excited and like I had been doing the breath work and I thought I was doing it right, but when I got there, got to an actual workshop, I noticed that there was something slightly different that I wasn't doing correctly. And that's why I always tell people, come to a workshop. You can do it off of YouTube, but sometimes there's some little tweaking that you might really need to get through a teacher. And so I got that tweaking, and then I really started to like feel the benefits of the Wim Hof Method, the breathing, the cold conditioning, and the mindset all together, you know. And so I saw all these teachers, you know, so I applied for the academy to be an instructor. And so then I... um I, um, you know, got accepted. They wanted a, like at least two years of teaching experience. So my background in art education and teaching actually came in handy because I kind of stopped doing that at that point in my life. And um, so that came in handy to be able to get accepted into the academy. And um, I went for my first training out in L.A. And um, Wim was there. And I, um, right before, it was crazy because right before I went out there, um, and like I had said before, you know, I was considering whether I go to Poland or not. So then I was like, no, I'm doing the U.S. So then the training was in L.A. This was like I'm 40 years old. My first time ever flying by myself, going anywhere by myself because I always had kids. I, you know, I was a mom at 19. So I always had a child or a partner with me. So here I am on this big adventure for the first time out to California by myself. And right before this workshop, I had an MRI and they told me that there could be cancer growing back in my brain after five years. And so I was kind of devastated, but they didn't say for sure that it was there. So they said that we're going to wait a few months. So here I'm waiting a few months now. I'm flying out by myself to LA and um, for this training, I'm so excited about this, you know, but I also have this hanging over my head and this fear, you know, and like what what's going to happen you know with this my body my brain you know am i going to be able to do this am i going to be able to be a teacher this is what i want in my life now this is what i i'm passionate about my desire and um so i get out there you know we start the training and um you know wim comes out there and supports us and um is like so motivating and it's just so exciting and to be out in california and um you know we um and the two instructors that were there helping us and teaching us were the two teachers that I saw in L- in um in New York City with Wim so I was super excited to see them again cuz they're wonderful teachers and um so then I um where was I at so then you know they tell us okay here's all this information so we did some practice like stuff and learning about the Wim Hof method and how to teach the Wim Hof method and what you're supposed to do and so they said and they sent us all these packets and all this literature to read things to write and then write essays and things to study like all these like scientific like um literature and stuff like that and about the method and um so then i have that to work on i get back to cleveland and um you know i have an mri and they said okay indeed your cancer is growing back slightly and we want you to do radiation and chemotherapy now 
And here I am. I'm so excited to like, I have August is when I have to go back for my master training and get my certification and take these tests. So I have a few months. This was like May or the end of March, maybe. I think it was the end of March. No, no, no. It was like May or May. The end of May is when we did the training in um, California. Okay. And then I had um, to had till the end of August to do my master class. So we had all this time to like do this studying yeah. and prepare for this. And here I am, my brain's getting radiated and I'm going through chemotherapy and um, what am I going to do? I'm like, do I even do this? You know, at this point, I'm, I don't know what to do. And I kept like praying on it. I kept messaging like the teachers. I said, this is what's happening. You know, I don't know if I can pass these tests, you know, but I kept, I kept plugging along through it all. And I like lived the Wim Hof method. I lived it by every morning before work. I would, um, I had to do radiation at 7 a.m., and I would get there, I had to take my chemotherapy pill, and then I would take that, and then I would get to radiation. And then after that, I would do my Wim Hof breathing. I would do some yoga. I would do some meditation. They had a little like meditation hall in the Cleveland Clinic, and in the morning, there was no one there, so I had to myself. So I would do my practice every morning, and I could see the difference in my body. Like my radiation burns on my head were less than most people because of the inflammation that the Wim Hof method does. And my white blood count was stable because it also influences your white blood count. So through all that, I could see the science behind this actually in my own body. So I was even more passionate about teaching this and getting this, you know, certification to bringing it to people because um, it works, you know. And um, I mean, everyone's biology is a little bit different. So I can't say 100% that what worked for me is going to work for you. But in, in general, yeah. you know, like, um, so yeah. Okay. And so then like a week after, so I finished radiation a week before I had to fly out, I decided to just buy my ticket anyways. And, um, the last minute. So I finished my radiation a week before I had to fly out. And as soon as I finished, cause at this point, at the end of radiation and chemotherapy, I could barely walk my dog, let alone climb a mountain. I was going to have to hike a mountain out in um, Washington state and do all this stuff. Like it just zaps you, you know, completely your body, your mind, your is foggy when you go through this stuff. So I could barely even walk my dog. I was like, people had to cook for me, all this stuff. Um, and that week afterwards, it was like every day I started to feel a little bit better. Every day I started to walk a little further and like started hiking up mount like hills around the metro parks to try to just get my strength back you know every day i got a little bit of myself back again and i made it out there you know i had a bald head you know i was joking about like because i was so like embarrassed i'm like i have a bald head i'm gonna be like mr clean the woman <laughs> version of mr clean is so, all like we had to do a presentation out there about um like as if we were a teacher and so i started off my presentation like I bet you've never seen like a woman, Mr. Clean. Here I am, you know, like trying to bring some like humor to the situation because it was just so like, you know, it was the first time I lost my hair and um, it was it was hard to deal with that, you know, so yeah. that came into the whole situation. But you know what? I, I passed the test. I got through the mountain because it also was the community there that helped me get through it. I mean, I literally had one person in front of me and one person behind me like tied to me to get me up the mountain, you know, so I wouldn't fall because it was so hard for me to get up there. And so I, yeah, it was a lot. And um, that was my training here in the U.S. was getting tested there in Washington State in the Northern Cascade Mountains, a lot of the hiking there and swimming in the cold glacier waters and having to present and all of that under those conditions. And But it was like I passed because like I lived it and that's what I had to like um, really rely on was that I knew this practice because it worked for me and I lived it. And so I, that's kind of how I got through that. And from there, it was like came back home. Wim Hof did another um, big event in L.A. I flew back there and I was one of those people with the T-shirt on, you know, newly out of the yeah. academy and was able to volunteer and help other people at that workshop. And I was so ecstatic. We hung out at Wim's Airbnb with him and his daughter, and 
just had so much fun. Had a little dance party, you know, and it just it was so much fun to be a part <laughs> of this community, to be a part of the Wim Hof community. It's just so wonderful to be a part of that. And I love it. And that's how it was in this Poland for me also this last time. To be a part of this community is just amazing. And um, yeah. Wow. That is such a deep and powerful story. And you keep on coming back to the point of community. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. And people get lost. Um, Like I'm recently graduated from college and it seems like my whole life there's always been a community like made for me through school or something it's kind of been easy you're always around people you're able to find your group but now i'd say with my first year in like the real world you kind of have to go out and find your community and i think a lot of people struggle with that because you can get into that same um the same motion of life where you're just going to work coming home doing your own thing and us as humans need to have that human connection i mean i can see Uh your face light up i can see that your life has become so much better through these different communities like you said you keep on coming back to those that same point of like when you went to the river and Mm -hmm. it was about the community Mm -hmm. and the people there Mm -hmm. you were able to see people Mm -hmm. go through it and i think that's such an important aspect of life that is often overlooked and I a hundred percent agree with you with that. I just was saying this to this group of guys that I was working with today was, you know, community is so important in us as human beings. It's in our biology. We are communal people and we don't live like that really anymore, Yeah, but it, it's in our biology to like want to, to need that and to thrive on that. And we really produce better at, at anything when we have peer support. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Wow. Yeah. I'd love for you to get into uh, the Poland experience okay. that you just went on. And yeah, it's, tell me about it because I heard a little <laughs> bit about it at our workshop, but I want you to get into the whole experience. It seems like a very yeah. powerful. Yeah. I will. So once again, it was like, um, you know, I. I, a few years, you know, I had and maybe to, you could start with why you decided to go back to Poland okay. because you're already a Wim Hof certified trainer. So what is right. the initial reason to go back? And was it another training or a, a different workshop? So I, um, you know, I had like last year I applied to get like to a level two training. Okay. That's when uh, the teacher can now, um, do weekend events or do advanced workshops. So a level one, teacher you only can do certain things through the Wim Hof Academy and offer those classes and teach that method and so then I I trained to do a level two so I got that last year and so with that then I could do weekend events week-long advanced workshops along with the other stuff that I do so this was just like another way of learning how to do week-long workshops like expeditions this was a winter expedition so like now you know, next winter I can host my own here, you know, I can find a place and I can do that. So for me, it was learning and it was having the opportunity to finally go to Poland and, you know, see what it's like climbing the mountain there. And uh, so that was a big reason why I wanted to do that. And I had, you know, every year I had got, well, since I got my level two last year, they, they send out every year, you know, asking for volunteers and so then this year I got picked because of all the reviews on my website, on my um, Wim Hof profile. Mm-hmm. People leave reviews after workshops and they said that they were watching me and they saw that I you know, put on great workshops and I'm continuing to put them out and that people are really getting things from them. So then they accepted me. And um, so that was um, super excited because I wanted to be a part of this at a deeper level and to really be out in Poland where it originated and where people do this and, um, and giving it more worldwide, you know? Um, so I got accepted and I, um, you know, I was still, I had, I had the last, um, last spring I had went through another like round of, um, gamma knife radiation and chemotherapy. So I had still been struggling, um, recovering from, all the side effects of this new chemotherapy that they put me on. And, um, so I was going through that and, um, 
my, you know, my dream with this has always been to like climb that mountain. You know, I always had heard about it with women, everything. So all through my cancer, I've been kind of like, I need to train. I need to keep my body healthy because one day I want to climb that mountain. You know, that's my goal. And so then I got accepted to get there and I'm even like pushed even further. So I'm home. I'm like, I want to prepare for this. I'm trying to train as much as I can to get my body back in shape. You know, I'm 44 years old now. I've gone through several rounds of chemotherapy. It's been hard on my body to maintain you know, good health and keep my muscle and stamina and all of that up, you know, and I'm like, I have to do this. I have to do this. So it's keeping me strong, you know, to do this, you know, and that's kind of how I've gotten through a lot of things that I've set mm-hmm. goals for myself to keep me moving, you know, through living with cancer. And, um, so this was another big goal for me to get through a lot of, the, a lot of this like cancer stuff is like, that's why I also wanted to do the pollen thing was cause it, gives me that goal that vision to like thrive every morning when i wake up to thrive through the adversities in my life Mm -hmm. and um so i got accepted started training got my list got my stuff and i'm still kind of like all right how am i gonna do this you know this is big this is a lot you know um i get out there and it's just the people that i've met you know out there was just amazing you know, everyone from all over the world, people, you know, that signed up for this, 300 people, um, you know, we start to build a community on the WhatsApp and start to get to know each other. I don't know anyone who from around here that's going. So here, once again, I'm on this adventure by myself out across, I've been to Europe one twice over to France, but never been to Poland. And so this was another big adventure for me to go by myself and, um, you know, testing myself again, you know, testing the limits of my, you know, own fears and stuff like that. And, um, so everyone who though signed up for this, these, this workshop, this winter expedition had to speak English. So that was a benefit. So and the instructors too. So, uh, but I met people from all over the world and there was 300 people there. There were, um, two teachers per group. There was 10 groups. And, um, each day we had, um, we had a discussion about different breath work. We learned different breath work. We taught them different breath work. We had Q and A's with Wim Hof. We did breathing sessions with Wim Hof. We um, hiked up Mount Schneska and we jumped in this waterfall also. And so I was the teacher supporting people. There was a main teacher, but this time I had um, signed up to be like the sidekick. I wasn't confident or had enough experience yet with being the main teacher. I mean, I think that I could now after this experience, that was another thing that I, reason why I wanted to go was because I could just learn more and eventually I could be the main teacher in one of these winter expeditions. And so then I, um, I learned a lot from the main teacher who was from Canada that I was working with. And I, um, just different breath work and just different ways. Every instructor has the ability to kind of teach and tweak their own classes the way they want to. So he taught things a little different than I did do. And, um, but it was just great to learn that and learn, meet all these other teachers, there, instructors and, um, and really connected and witnessing the people transform in five days. Wow. It was beautiful. And that mountain was difficult. It was I didn't know it was like a three hour incline in about a foot of snow. So the snow came down, you know, that day. So we were the first people trekking in that snow. So it was deep snow and it was like nonstop up three hours because if you stopped, the people in their swimsuits would get cold. So you were hiking and only your swim. I wasn't because I was one of the teachers, but the participants were. So it was my job to, um, to get them up safely you know everything for me was like since i was the teacher i didn't get to experience that and um right the, the thing i mean i experienced it with my winter coat on but i've done cold hikes here you know um it, so for me it wasn't like about that i mean i would have loved to like hike it in my swimsuit because i never got to do that but i was happy to be supporting people there and teaching them how to do this mm-hmm. and um it just warms my heart to teach. I love it. And I love seeing the transition in people. And when I teach, that's what I'm really passionate about. That's amazing. What is, what is the main transition? You've, you've coached a lot of people Mm -hmm. through these clinics Mm -hmm. and different workshops. What is the, what is the, some of the most consistent feedback or what is, 
the best feedback that you've received from someone that has an incredible experience, which is the vast majority of people who do this and Mm -hmm. are consciously breathing and listening to what you have to say. Uh, It's a truly life-changing experience. And I can say that from personal experience Mm now. And what are those things that people say to you that make you feel good, but that also you realize like, wow, this is changing changing people's lives yeah um probably the ice bath is a big thing when i see people say i'll never do that Uh, and they're terrified of that and some people i've seen come to the ice bath and cry like almost have a panic attack and i can coach them through that bringing them down from that that edge of fear and then they sit through it and they they're like oh i'll only be in for a second and then they end up staying in for the two minutes and to see people transform that way to push through they're at that their edge of the f- most fearful thing that they're experiencing in that moment is the most fearful thing for them mm-hmm. to to push through that and to for, for me to coach them through that you know just brings me so much um to see them walk through major fear which mm-hmm. then can be transformed into other areas of your life and um and that's like what i've seen or like people saying that you helped me through my morning of a passing of my wife that was really hard. Like, you know, I have this WhatsApp group, the accountability group that we connect on every morning. And so I help people stay consistent to their breath work. And there was this one guy who lost his wife. I knew his wife too. And um, he said every morning when I do the breath work, it keeps me to get up and put my feet on the ground and go and start my day and it helps me get through my grief and that is really important to me to hear that that I'm helping someone get through their grief get through their depression I'm supporting someone right now this other woman who's just left her husband she's going through some major depression and she says to me you know what you there and supporting me through this breath work and showing up at the river and creating this space for me is helping me get through this deep deep depression in my life and this major transition in my life and when I was in Poland I saw people say that they hadn't cried in five years these guys like over five years and they were crying like babies and they were just releasing and it was a safe place to release to see people really come to their emotions and to release all this stuff that they needed to let go of that they'd never felt safe to do that yeah Mm -hmm. and right after our the advanced workshop mm-hmm. breath work. Um, I would have guessed when I got came, when you started to wake us up, I would have guessed that we probably had done 10 minutes of breath work with maybe like a 15 minute meditation. And you informed us that we had done 45 minutes of breath work mm-hmm. and like a 30 minute meditation, like an hour and 15 minutes in total. And I had thought that I was laying down doing this for 20 to 25 minutes. So I was completely out of my own body. I would call it an out-of-body experience and completely lost in my own thoughts and emotions throughout that time. And when you started to wake us up, I was, first of all, I was confused because I was just in a completely different space, Mm -hmm. Um, still trying to dissect where I went and what I felt during that time. But when I stood up and you try to get the story out of us right away because it's fresh in our mind and it's easy. Like it's sort of like waking up from a dream where you remember it right away, but then you go to the bathroom and you come back and you're like, well, I just remembered it, but now I forget everything. So I think that's why you try to get it out of us right away. And I remember just sitting there. I couldn't put it into words, but I did start breaking down and crying. Um, it wasn't a very obvious cry, but it, tears started to flow out of me and I didn't know why I was crying. I'm starting to think. And I just, everyone in my mind, like my family and my loved ones, I was just thinking about them and how much joy they bring me actually forced me into a state of crying, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I've never been moved by something that much and felt that level of emotion in terms of just simply thinking about my loved ones like I was I would have done anything in that moment just to you know give my mom a hug or my Mm -hmm. girlfriend a hug and it was like it was such a beautiful experience that is difficult to explain to someone who hasn't done it 
you know, Mm -hmm. that level of emotion to be forced to tears through something as what seems as simple as breath work. Mm -hmm. And it really is like people say that breath is life. And I, I do believe that if you're able to look deeper into what the breath is and what it is able to do, it can bring you that meaning of life, which is really, you know, these deep connections Mm -hmm. that we have been talking about Mm -hmm. and the ability to feel those connections. If that's really one of the, the cores of life, uh, you want to be able to feel those connections on such a, a deep level. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's was such a cool experience. And like, like you said, it is a definitely a different experience when guided by someone like you. I would definitely recommend if anyone is listening, um, get going to a beginner's workshop because I had done the Wim Hof method spot Wim Hof method spontaneously for probably the last four years. Um, like once one, I would do like, you know, a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, I would get into it. And I've always, I've always felt the benefits. I used to actually invite my college roommates into my room and we would turn the lights off and do like 10 minutes of Wim Hof. And like everyone would be high on life afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like we should do this all the time. Yeah. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. such a, a, a rush of just mm-hmm. joy. Once mm-hmm. you're able to get through the breath holds mm-hmm. and whatever is rushing through your veins is so, uh, it's so invigorating and, mm-hmm. and, and lively. And I would recommend going to a, a, a workshop strictly because you learn what it means. Like somebody said something in the last workshop to like breathe back or breathe down, sorry, or breathe back rather than breathe yeah, down. Like that your nasal passages actually go back into your head straight back into versus your head. like up. Uh, like yeah. when, when I was breathing, I was trying to like lift everything mm-hmm. up. But really when I was able to breathe back, mm-hmm. I was able to visualize that circular motion mm-hmm. of what has always been talked about. And that, mm-hmm simply cleared up a lot of different things so wow this is this has been a powerful conversation so far i want to get into what was going on in my body so i i'm just trying to explain to kamalika and she she saw it as she was guiding me through this breath work that my and we don't want to get into the specifics of anything it's it's very complicated the biology of the human body is is very difficult to understand at points in time, but my body was locking up during, um, especially like at my elbows and my hands was locking up during the breath work, um, during the advanced session. Do you know what that could be in my body? And is that something that you see regularly? Uh, Sometimes with the, not normally with the um, regular Wim Hof breathing, which is the, the one that has three parts with the active breathing, the breath hold, and the recovery breath. That's the basic Wim Hof breathing that you learn. Not that much with that one. Sometimes people who are really sensitive to breath work will get some of that tetany, that tightening or tingling around the mouth, in the hands, yeah. stuff like that, or on the face, but normally not. It's usually during the power breathing when you're breathing a lot faster and more forceful, and you don't have many breath holds during that is when you start to get those sensations. Okay. which can be really scary if you don't know what it is. My first time when it happened to me, it was when I was in my training and I had, you know, thought that I had was going to have a seizure because once I had a seizure, finding that I had the brain cancer, so I thought that that was happening to me. But then, like, the instructor just told me to just slow down my breathing mm-hmm. and I did that and it went away. So it's, well, it's kind of be, can be scary, but it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You're not going to be hurt. And it, everyone just goes back to kind of normal. But like as a teacher, you know, we're trained to see these things and to know when anyone could possibly be in, be in a state of danger. That's why I'm, you know, I'm all, also like always walking around making sure everyone looks safe and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to go back and, and talk a little bit more as long as you feel comfortable with your cancer story mm-hmm. and obviously you went the traditional um, route of chemotherapy which was obviously needed and I want you to explain in more detail what these different healing modalities outside of the hospital and what you were able to um, 
feel from doing these different things? Because I can only imagine from someone who has, you know, I've never really had anyone close to me, um, at least at a younger age, deal with cancer. And I can only imagine how drained um, just getting everything wiped out of your body through chemotherapy. What was the Wim Hof method, breathing in the cold, uh, and whatever else you were doing during those times, what was it able to bring you in a time where you, I, I could only imagine how drained and tired you felt. Yeah, it was uh, really difficult, especially, you know, I'm more of a natural person too. And so when I, and I had no symptoms of this brain cancer, it was like one of those crazy things that you, you read in the news or whatever that it was like, I had a seizure one day. I thought I was totally healthy and I wake up, they took me to the ER and they did a test and they saw that I had a massive lesion in my brain, which was, uh, the growth. And so then days later I was like in for my very first surgery ever having a crane craniotomy, my brain, the tumor that was the size of like, like a softball almost in the, my right frontal lobe had to be cut out. So there was like no options at that point. It was just causing me to have severe swelling in my brain and it needed to come out no matter what it was. So I didn't really have any natural options at that point. It was so, you know, detrimental to my health. You know, I could have died at that point. And I didn't even know that I was living with this until my brain literally kind of like exploded in a weird way. Um, so like I didn't have much options. And then it was like, um, and at that time, you know, I was also like, they put me on a lot of anti-seizure medication. So it was really hard to kind of make a lot of decisions. And then they're making, having you make decisions when you're still kind of after surgery and recovering. So I had a lot of family support, which was really helpful to help me get through that. But, um, and community, like the people that I had, uh, met and was learning with it, um, my yoga studio, you know, I was doing Reiki. I became, uh, during that time, I became a Reiki master. So I dove into that. And um, like I said, like the movement. So like the Reiki, for instance, would help me doing that, would help me just have a better mindset. I would bring that energy, that positive energy to my body and to my brain for my healing. And I knew at that point that I didn't want to like, a lot of people say, I'm going to fight this cancer. I'm going to kick its ass. I'm going to do this. And I want to be like, you know, all this anger towards it. And like, for me, I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it into healing because it's still a part of my body. It's still a part of me, even though it's a um, mutated part of me. At that point, I wanted it to be, I wanted to love it away, you know, accept it and love it away into healing. So I tried every time I would go through treatments, I would put that, um, that loving energy into my brain. I would see it being healed. I would see my body being healed. And, um, and I started doing the Wim Hof and all of that stuff. And it was just those I still do for my health. You know, what it does for me is it has helped me like increase my white blood count when there was different times I was on chemotherapy and my white blood count went low and I had to stop taking the medication. I would do some extra rounds of breathing and I would go back and get tested again and it would be up so I could take the medication again. So that and the ice bathing and all of that would, it boosted my immune system. It kept me strong. I saw that. I felt more strength and power inside myself when I did all of these things, like the determination and strength in me to keep moving forward. I felt like I had a little bit of control over my life. And that was the biggest thing was um, when I was showed that, shown that video, first introduction to Wim Hof in, the, in that video, one of Wim's friends had cancer and he was, um, he was saying, he said, you know, I'm doing the Wim Hof method for my cancer to hopefully heal me. He's like, I don't know if it's going to save me. I don't know. But you know what? It makes me feel like I have a little more control over my life and my body when I'm doing the Wim Hof method. And right there was what I like stuck to me, you know, right there. I was like, that's how I feel. I feel powerless in my body over my body because of the cancer when I do the Wim Hof method, when I do these other things that I do, you know, I changed my diet a little bit. I, um, well, actually a lot. I changed my diet. I did the Reiki. I did the movement. I did the meditation. I did the breathing. I did the cold, all those extra things. 
some different supplements, I felt like I had a little more control over my body mm-hmm. when I did that stuff. So, and that's the big thing is when people have chronic illnesses, they feel powerless over their body and that's causes depression and stuff like that or want to give up. And it just, and then the medication and the other stuff will add to the depression because then you're tired, you're fatigued and you just don't have any drive to continue. So it's helped me through, it's not, you know, not sink into that deep depression. I mean, there's times where it's like gotten really, really hard and I've wanted to give up for sure. And I've gotten really depressed and I've wanted to just, especially when I was first diagnosed, I just wanted to run away from it all. I was like, I just want to like, you know, get my backpack and go out, you know, somewhere and not deal with this. I don't want to deal with this at all. Mm. I don't want to like go through chemotherapy. It was terrifying, but it was the best option for me to live longer was doing that, you know? And I had kids that were young still, or just, even if they were older, like I'd want to be here for my kids. So, and I love life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So from someone who was once looking out, at Lake Erie Mm -hmm. wanting to just run across the water and disappear to now saying that you love life. Yes. Yes. What would you tell to someone who is now looking out into the abyss with no drive in a deep, dark depression that seems like they're standing at the bottom of an enormous mountain and every time they take a step up, they just fall right back to the bottom and there's no sight of the top of the mountain or the light of the end of the tunnel, whatever you want to call it. What would your advice be? I would say, Oh my gosh, don't give up. Don't give up five minutes before the miracle happens. Like there's so many possibilities. You know, I've seen people, I've known people that committed suicide, you know, like I've, it happens, you know, um, get engulfed in that depression. Like it's, you know, feelings are temporary. Feelings are temporary. No matter what you're feeling, it will pass. I will tell people that. And you know, I'll hold your hand until it passes. Stay on the phone with me until it passes, that feeling. And keep calling me until that feeling passes. I'm going to help you get help. That's what I would say to someone. And that, you know, life isn't perfect. There's It's a pendulum of ups and downs. You know, you're always going to have bad days or feel crappy, you know. But you also have these wonderful, beautiful days like, if I if I erased all of the um, the bad things in my life, erased the cancer, then you know what? I'd be erasing all these beautiful things that I experienced. This trip to Poland, like these beautiful experiences I've had with other human beings, and teaching them and seeing them go through these processes that like just light up my heart. You know, like I would be re- erasing all of those things, and those are really moments that I love about my life and about life is those moments I'd be erasing all that stuff, and I don't ever want to erase that. So I I accept my cancer and I accept this pain along with the beauty that's just life you know and that's this human experience really that's what it is Mm. um so accepting life for what it is mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. a super important part of yes going through that yes and uh in community like Mm. helping you know getting help through the tough times I think you know and and me it's really important to make sure that I can help provide that for people like if they need that, like that's important to me. Yeah. I think that we all need that. That's the best way to kind of get through things, you know, or seeking out a higher power of some sort, which can be, you know, your dog can be, you know, nature. It can be a friend, whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah. You mentioned your dad earlier mm-hmm. and the tattoo. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear about his impact on your life and, uh, why you still have him tattooed on your arm today and how he's was able to impact your life in such an incredible way. So my dad was a, um, a psychiatrist. He also was involved in like, um, my name is a little bit different. It's uh, Sanskrit. And that um, is like a re- like a, an old, a root language. It's really old. It's not really used much anymore, but it is used in the yogic traditions. That's what a lot of the yogic words are is Sanskrit words. So he studied Sanskrit and he was also involved in, um, you know, more of that Eastern religion, which, um, would be like, um, you know, being vegetarian, you know, not eating meat, um, drugs and alcohol, um, no drugs and alcohol. No. When you're in that kind of state. Yeah. yeah, No drugs and alcohol, um, not eating meat, no, you know, illicit sex, that kind of stuff. So like, 
So I was raised in this environment that was a little more pure like that, um, you know, early on in life. So I had that kind of influence and my dad was a psychiatrist, you know, that goes deep into kind of like family, you know, traumas, but like he wanted to heal his mom because his mom was an alcoholic. So we have that kind of in our family too. So that's why he also abstained from, you know, the drugs and alcohol and went into that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But so then he became a psychiatrist. And so then my dad was really passionate about healing people and working with the homeless people. So the tattoo basically means where love and charity is, God is. And it's written in his handwriting. I took it from a note that he wrote to me. So that's also kind of what I believe in as well. You know, where love and charity is, God is. So when we have those actions when we do those actions in our life then that's where the spirit is and that god is whatever you want god to be but i believe it is like a higher power that essence of spirit you know and humanity and giving is there you know that's the most powerful thing is when we can act in those ways so that's what was so important to me yeah through uh i had an experience in el salvador where i stayed in with a family it was an immersive experience uh where i was staying with a family in the mountains of el salvador that had next to nothing and the leader of the trip was saying that you find god on the margins and mm-hmm. the are their ability to love life in a way that you've never seen from someone who has it all or what it seems like it all and i can definitely resonate with finding god and glimpses of god on the margins and that's that's super fascinating. Well, there's been a lot. We've we've covered a lot, Kamalika. Yeah. Uh, this has been so much fun. I I appreciate you coming on. I hope that people are able to hear your story and grow from it, or maybe take that next step if they're going through a Definitely. tough time, or you know maybe take that next step and and try out some some cold exposure or breath work for for my experience i i try to do a cold shower every morning or if i'm feeling off uh i try to do a cold shower i did it right before this podcast it gets me it gets me primed and uh honestly it just it makes me happy um there's there's really you can do the scientific study yourself get in the cold and you're gonna feel better after um in terms of the breath work i i recommend everybody gives it a try if you're in the cleveland area definitely go to one of Kamalika's workshops. She will give her social media information Mm -hmm. at the end here, and I'll be sure to put it in the show notes. Uh, She runs incredible workshops that I myself have, have greatly benefited from. I've come with my friends. I've come by myself either, or it's a great community. Don't be worried about showing up by yourself. Um, It's loving, it's accepting, and uh, it's definitely worth your while uh it's it's one of those things that you can go there and take the lessons learned throughout the rest of your life um and i think that's what kamalika has to offer and that's why she's seen so much success with her clients so kamalika i appreciate you coming on i'll give you the floor if you have any closing remarks um yeah um thank you so much luke um for asking me and uh, I do have a poem to read that Most my definitely. dad wrote. Yes. I gotta get that really quick. Yeah. Don't be sorry. <laughs> I just remembered at the last minute, but um, so this is one of my favorite poems that my dad wrote, and I remember him reading it to me when I was a child like maybe nine or ten years old, and I just felt so connected to it. It's called Water in the Creek. My mind is like the bedrock at the bottom of a creek. My thoughts, like water, flows swiftly over that changing surface, which is sometimes smooth and other times rough. There are waves of joy and sorrow and crests of brilliance and turmoil. There are murky, isolated places of confusion and loneliness. And oh God, the falls are so frightening. But in the lagoon where the water has pulled in is still. There's tranquility. There's clarity. In some places the sun warms the water and there is faith. And every now and then the light of the sun breaks through the dense foliage above and illuminates the water, causing it to shimmer and sparkle with hope. Wow. It always brings tears to my eyes. 
it's kind of sums up like what I think we were talking about with life, life you know, I the agree. ups and downs and that faith and that hope that you have to keep holding on to no matter what. Don't give up five minutes before the miracle happens. And um, my contact information, I have a website, is um, www.sugarandriverholistic.com. So you can find all of my events on my website. And also you can check out the Wim Hof Method website and just search Cleveland. And then my profile will come up and all of my Wim Hof workshops are on that site. And then I also do other things that you can look through my website on. I offer Reiki. I offer um, meditation classes. I offer this Shinrin Uku, which is basically nature therapy. Bringing people out into nature and really getting them grounded and connected and doing, you know, bathing like water ice ice bathing and uh, meditation and all that stuff so yeah, yeah uh-huh all right yeah so that's that's me thank you yeah that's where you can find kamalika guys thank you for listening and uh i'll have the description and all that what she just said in the show notes so have a great day everybody